Sunday, April the 30th. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Julie's going to come to us in a minute and read all 40 verses of Hebrews 11. So please give her a massive cheer as she comes up. But before she does, just hold one minute. I want you to have your sympathetic faces on, okay? Because I'm just going to introduce the theme of Hebrews 11 and also introduce our theme for today. And it involves a sad story where I need some sympathy, this is the only reason I'm preaching today, because I need some sympathy. No one else has given me any at home. Since Christmas, I have had repeated earaches. Just after Easter, the fifth time of going to the doctor, so that's a couple of months in, isn't it? They diagnosed that I had a jaw infection, which is actually quite painful. The solution was some heavy antibiotics and not talking. Yeah, I know. It was fun. I lasted about two hours. Anyway, I tried really, really hard. And so I have had this horrendous jaw ache. And I have to say, it's not completely gone, actually. And uh, I suspect it'll be another trip back to the doctors um, this week, potentially because I didn't do very good at not talking. So that might be a difficult conversation with the nurse. The problem I have is the Bible says this. But I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. So for four months, nearly five, I've had repeated problems in my ear and my jaw. And I haven't seen any healing of that, really. The doctors are doing brilliantly, can't fault them. The drugs are are really helpful, especially those really strong painkillers. But actually, it's still a niggle in my life. And yet the Bible says that he will heal me and restore me. I am living in a quandary. Do I believe my experience of waking up in the morning with a jaw ache and thinking I probably shouldn't talk? Um, I am talking. Or do I live knowing that this is true? How, How do I balance both? Well, today's talk is exactly about that. You see, we balance it by faith. We balance it by faith. And if you've listened to Simon's talk from last week, whether you were here live or you've caught up on the podcasts like I did, you will know he was talking about this dilemma last week, that if we walk with God, then we should have some expectations of what that walking looks like, that we should be seeing healing, that we should be seeing salvation, we should be seeing joy instead of sadness, that we should be seeing a closeness of God's spirit. But actually our experience sometimes says very different. And it's really hard sometimes to keep those in balance. The problem is there in front of us. The solution is faith. And so that's what we're going to think about today. And Julie's going to come and introduce that by reading Hebrews 11 to us. Give her a cheer. Hebrews 11, 1 to 40. I wonder how many times it says by faith. Was anyone counting? 
Now, I lost count, and I've read it a lot this week. By faith. Let's have a quick look at what verse 1 says. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Or in the NIV. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. Or the message paraphrase, this is beautiful. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we cannot see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. Do you get the picture? It's holding firm to what we know is true, even if our eyes aren't seeing the reality of that right now. It's believing in the things that we cannot see. It's putting trust in a God who says different to perhaps what our circumstances are saying. It's having an annoying jaw ache, knowing God could heal it, but hasn't yet. And then we get that wonderful list of men and women who live by faith in that passage. I hope it inspired you. I hope it made you see that actually it's not just something that the the writer of Hebrews was telling us exists, this faith thing. He then goes on to explain, and this is how it works in so many people's lives. And let me remind you of some of them. Abel, Abel saw his birthright and experience changed because of his sacrifice of faith. Enoch experienced the joy of heaven without the pain of death because of his faith. Noah and his family received literal salvation because he put in faith in God and built a massive boat in the middle of a desert. I mean, just get your head around that by faith. Abraham had the most adventurous life and became the father of nations because he put his faith in God and left the comfort of his homeland and did what God asked. Sarah had a child, even though it was physically impossible. Pause there. I stumbled across this quote by John, uh, Charles Wesley this week. Faith, mighty faith, the promise sees and looks to God alone and laughs at impossibilities and cries, it shall be done. Faith is laughing at impossibilities. Faith is saying, nothing is impossible with my God. I'm up for laughing at some more impossibilities. Anyone want to join me? (laughs) Jane's in. Back to Hebrews 11. We get uh, Abraham mentioned again. As one who survived his testing by putting his faith in God, we see Jacob who saw his family who had been completely destroyed by lies for many years, for deceit and pain, completely restored. How? By, oh, furious awake, by faith, by faith. Moses survived death because his parents had faith. Moses saw a massive injustice for the people of God, completely turned round. They're released from slavery. How? By faith. By faith. 
Rahab, I was just talking to Katie this morning about Rahab, saw her whole life restored and saved and became famous in Jewish history because of her faith. Because of her faith. And so the writer of Hebrews ends saying this, I could go on and on, but I've run out of time. We could go on and on, couldn't we? About the stories of the Bible where people by faith laughed at impossibilities because they had God on their side. I love the heroes of faith. And I came across this on Facebook, and I'm sorry if you follow me and already seen this, but it's brilliant. You know me, I love a good selfie. Well, if there have been selfies in Bible times, wouldn't that have been great? The next one's my favourite, though. Are you ready? <laughs> Look at the lion's faces. <laughs> if selfies were real in Bible times, I reckon it would have looked a little bit like this. So, with the person next to you, having heard Julie read us all of those people of faith, which characters of in faith inspire you? As you heard their names again, did one jump out and you go, I love that story? Or I'm inspired by that because their story feels close to me. Which one do you relate most to? You've just got two minutes with the person next to you. And why are we doing this? It's nice to chat, but actually let's inspire each other with one of the stories of faith that we've heard mentioned today. Go. Just another 30 seconds, so if uh, someone hasn't had a chance to speak, make sure you give them a moment. Okay. Last week, Simon asked that question in a different way, didn't he? He said, as you walk with God, what do you expect to happen, and he left you with that to think about as you walked through this week. I've got a question to add to that this week. What do you expect to happen, and do you have enough faith for it? Well, that's an easy question, isn't it? I think it is for me. Mostly it's a no. <laughs> Mostly it's a no. I'd love to say it's always a yes, and you're going to, Claire, you're the minister. I know. I know. I'd love to say it's always yes. But do you have enough faith for it? If the answer is more often no than yes, maybe you're unusual and you're more in the yes category, in which case I need to hang out with you more. The next question is, how do I grow my faith? 
to meet my expectation? How do I grow my faith? And so that's what we're going to think about for the next few minutes. I've got six or seven things. I could have had 120, but I figured you'd want lunch. So uh, we'll go with the six I've got, if that's okay with you. The first thing the Bible says about how we grow our faith is we have to ask. We have to ask. It really is that simple. The disciples said to Jesus in that famous passage about if you've got a small bit of faith, you can move mountains. But before he says that, the disciples say, Lord, increase our faith. My faith is small at the moment. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to increase my faith. It is that simple. Sorry, moving on too quickly. Go back. It is that simple. Ask and it will be given to you. Still moving on forward. So let's move to the second point because it is that simple. But actually, when we ask, what we're doing is inviting God to actively nurture our faith. So we're saying we're intentional, God, for you to grow my faith. I need to grow my faith and I need you to give that to me. I need you to help me with it. It's an intention. Faith needs actively nurturing. That's what uh, Julie read to us. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who has come to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seeks him. We need to be active in this. We need to pay attention to our present faith levels, being honest about them. And then we need to ask the question, why have I got a lack of faith? What is my lack of faith? What's the root of that? It's a hard place to live, isn't it? To know that you've got a lack of faith. But we can either just bury it and not own it, or we can honestly say, okay, Lord, I've got a lack of faith in this situation. I need you to grow my faith. I think my lack of faith is that I'm not really sure you heal today. You did in Bible times, and I love those stories, but I'm not completely convinced that you want to heal me today. It sucks. It's hard to say that. But until we can name it, until we can recognize where our lack of faith is, it's hard to allow God to grow it. And actually, I've discovered that it can very easily erode and destroy our faith if we don't name it. Because we're not paying attention to the things that are important. Can anyone else relate to that? So my jaw, and this is me being honest, I'm not massively convinced that God wants to heal my jaw. Not in any kind of holy way, but just in, do you know what, he's probably quite busy. It's not that annoying. Uh, The doctors have done a great job of managing it. Do you know what, maybe he just has got other things on his agenda. Maybe it's not what he wants to do this week. 
So I'm going to be first in the line for prayer ministry when we have it at the end, if we can, because that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that he has a heart to heal me and his children. So on your own, and I'm not going to ask you to share this, can you name your lack of faith about a circumstance that feels impossible? I don't want you to share it. This is just between you and God. What's the lack of faith that perhaps you just need to be honest about right now? What you've just done there is really hard. It might be hard because your faith in that area has taken a battering again and again and again. It might be that your faith feels small because actually you've been asking God for many years for this thing. It might feel that your lack of faith is there because of something traumatic and hard that has happened. God knows, God cares. And God wants to grow our faith. God wants to grow our faith. And as we recognize it, as we speak it, it's an invitation to God to actively nurture us, to provide the healing we need, to actively get involved and restore what has been lost, or just to simply offer his peace in a situation that makes absolutely no sense. It's not easy. But as we pay attention to where our lack of faith is, God is faithful in meeting us in that place every single time. And he's often faithful by doing the next thing. By providing faith builders in our lives. Can you name those who build faith in you? Sam and I, at the moment, are reading Bob Hartman's God's Big Storybook. And we're quite near the beginning, listening to some of those stories again of Noah and Cain and Abel. Uh, And actually, I am loving it. Reading the Old Testament through the eyes of a 10-year-old is brilliant fun. Because there's actually some stories that we don't teach very often in Sunday school that are in this book, and he's loving those. But actually, as I'm surrounding myself again by those faith builders of the Old Testament, I'm finding my heart rising again. I'm finding my faith rise a little bit. But also, it's not just the books I read, it's the people I hang out with. 1 Corinthians, bad company corrupts good character. It's quite straightforward, isn't it? <laughs> we can probably all say that's true. The opposite's also true, though. People who encourage our faith will grow our faith. Isn't that true? So hanging out with the right people will build your faith. Whether they're physical people sat in front of you, whether they're people on a podcast or in a book, people whose faith stories inspire you, all of those are needed in our lives so our faith can grow. So, for a moment with the person next to you, 
got a big church family. We've got the resources online. We've got podcasts. We've got written books. We've got the Bible itself. Can you name a few faith builders in your life that you could just inspire the person next to you? Perhaps a, a podcast you've listened to recently, a book you've read, or somebody that you say, do you know what, Rich, you just need to hang out with Claire more. He's smiling. <laughs> I am married to him, so I can hang out more with him. Go. Can you name those who build faith in you? another 30 seconds. Okay. Just one, just small part to this. To hang out with these faith builders requires me to say no to other stuff sometimes. So one of the reasons I love the Daniel Fast is it forces me to read books. I I, I purposely, every year, I'm going to read a book about Jesus. And actually, to do that, to make the time for that, I have to say no to watching Netflix or no to listening to um, some non-Christian music so that I can listen to some Christian music and have a bit of a worship time. That there are some things that we have to do that are intentional, and that means saying no to other stuff so we can make time. It might be saying yes to hanging out with that Christian friend for a bit rather than, I don't know, doing something else in that slot because you know that will build your faith rather than not. So just an encouragement. As we think about the fact we need faith builders in our lives, sometimes that has to take some courage in saying no to other things uh, and picking the book up rather than turning the TV on or watching The Chosen, which is all on Netflix and very, very good. So maybe do that instead. Number four, and this one's really hard. I I don't think the other three have been easy. I'm sorry. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Or John 8, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Set you free. Louder, please, Jane. Please, please. Faith needs prayers of truth. 
When I was growing up, I had a youth Bible, which I've still got today. It's falling apart quite considerably, but I've got it. And at the front was a list of things that if you were feeling them, you could look them up and it would take you to a passage and have a nice little story about it and point you to the Bible. Uh, The hmm means I think some others of you have got them. It's a brilliant resource. I still dive into it every now and again. I remember looking, you know, I was feeling like I was being bullied and, you know, look up bullying and then it takes you to a Bible story that really, really relates. I guess these days it's called Google. (laughs) Hey, Google, find me a Bible verse about perseverance. See what comes up. It's a good resource as well, but I have to say the Bible's better. I'm a big believer in finding out the truth of what, the, what God's word says first before I over-examine my experience. But it's so easy to start with your experience and not God's word. So much easier. I'm also a big believer in being completely honest with God about our big emotions and how we actually feel The Bible is full of psalms and lamentations and other things that speak truth, aren't they? About how we should bring our feelings, however they are, towards God. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that. We absolutely should. But we always need to begin and end with what God's word has to say about it, even if it contradicts the experience that we are going through. I wonder what truth of God you need to hold on to today in that area of lack of belief that you just mentioned in your mind. I need to hold on to that verse. God heals, God heals, God heals. What's that verse you need? If you don't know what that verse is, we're going to have a time in a moment where we're going to just listen to God. God, what truth do you need to speak into my life? And you might literally have to hold on to that verse by your fingertips. But that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. Because as we hold on with our fingertips, it's another way of saying to God, I trust you and I'm inviting you to grow my faith. When my mum died uh, suddenly a year and a half ago, uh, the, the thought of heaven was really hard for me. And everyone loves to point you to heaven, don't they? But it was really hard because I didn't want my mum in heaven. I wanted to hear. <laughs> that was the reality I was facing. But I read some passages on heaven and some books. And I went from clinging tightly with my fingertips to holding tightly with the whole of my hands on what heaven looks like. And that my mum's having a great time much better than she had on earth. And as I move from the fingertips to being able to clasp the idea of heaven, that's faith growing. That's faith growing. For a long time, I was fingertips. Now I'm holding tight to the picture of heaven and my mum being there. It's taken a long time. And faith does grow through hard times, doesn't it, friends? Faith grows through hard times. It would be amazing... To say, ah, oh, what's going on here? It'd be amazing to say that actually our faith grows through the good times the most. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. 1 Peter 1 verse 7. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. 
It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, through your faith, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through trials, it will bring much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed. Faith grows through hard times. Jesus reminds us in this world we will have that he is with us to the end of the age. It's a whole talk in that. Haven't done justice to it, but some of you might need to pray with someone else about that particular point today. And I'm sure we'll come back to it again. This one's, uh, no, I've got two sixes, not one seven. Oh well, I have two sixes. I am really nearly there. Hebrews reminds us that faith grows when we realize some of the promises aren't going to be fulfilled in our own lifetime. I am not very good at finishing jobs, but some of you really are. You're your complete finishers, aren't you? And you want all of God's promises to happen in your lifetime. Bad news. They're not going to. They're not going to. They're not going to. I was listening to a podcast this week about D.L. Moody, who prayed for 100 people uh, to become a Christian before he died. By the time he died, 96 of those had become Christians. That's inspiring, isn't it? I'd be, pr- I'd be thrilled. Thrilled with that. That'd be amazing. The last four became Christians at his funeral. He didn't quite see the fulfillment of that promise in his lifetime, but it did happen. It did happen. Some of us need to live with that hope. Some of us need to realize that not all of the promises of God are going to happen in our lifetime, but God's bigger than time, and God will hold us. And that's what it said in Hebrews. All these people died still believing what God had promised them, but they did not receive what was promised. I often think of Moses. He didn't get to go in the promised land. Whoa. But he held on to the promise of God, even though he didn't see it fulfilled in his own lifetime. And six, again, is where we're going to land. This is number seven. And this is where Simon landed a little bit last week as well. And why did we both land? Because it's so, so, so important. Faith grows with gratitude. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. It's a beautiful verse that reminds us whilst we live in that place of perhaps not seeing what we expect or not seeing what we want or not seeing the promises in their fullness come yet, that actually our faith is growing and we can be thankful for the things of today. I absolutely cannot encourage you more (laughs) to do this. Thankfulness is so, so, so important. And I've been trying to do something for about a year and a half now that helps me uh, to end the day in thankfulness. And as I'm doing this, I am finding my faith slightly growing. So I encourage you to have a go. In fact, I'm going to set you homework. You've got a bank holiday tomorrow. No excuses, people. 
to have a go at doing the prayer of examine. Now, this is an Ignatius um, practice that many, many Christians have taken hold of. It does not need to take long. I will put some resources online for you to have a look at. But at its very simplest, find 10 minutes at the end of your day. If you're a writer, get your journal out. If you're a bit more like me, I like to do it in my mind as I'm in bed just before I go to bed. Sometimes I write stuff down, sometimes I don't. But for a moment, at the end of my day, I become aware of God's presence. And I review the day, not the week, just the day, with gratitude. And some days that's really, really easy. (laughs) Some days I have to say, God, just, just highlight a few things to get me started, please. I review the day with gratitude. And I pay attention to the emotions that that will bring to me. I pay attention. Oh, Lord, I really felt you close as I walked to work this morning. What emotions attached to that? (laughs) Thankfulness. Because I needed God that day at work. And so to be reminded of his presence as I walked to, to work was just perfect. And then I choose a feature of the day that is to come or the day that has just been And I pray for it, again, just a a moment of just paying attention. And then I look forward to tomorrow with a slightly renewed faith. Sometimes a hugely renewed faith. Mostly a slightly renewed faith. I'd really love you to have a go at this. Why? Because thankfulness is a really easy way of inviting God to remind us of his goodness. It's a really beautiful way of growing our faith. And honestly, it might, you might have a go tomorrow and think, you know what, that wasn't too bad. It took 10 minutes at the end of the day. I'm going to try again on Tuesday. And as I've done it regularly, I definitely can say it's one of the tools I've used that have grown my faith. There is tons in there. There is loads that you could have found God is catching your attention with. And I'm going to ask the band to come up uh, just for a moment. We're going to sing together. But as they come up, let's just turn the attention from what I'm saying to what God has to say just for you. Just for you. As you think back over what we've talked about in the last half an hour, what is God catching your attention about? What is he asking you to take hold of in one way or another? What word of truth has he got for you today? Is there a Bible verse that comes to mind right now that you might just be clinging on to with your fingertips, even just the nails of your tips? that God just wants to speak to you right now.
some of us, it's those verses in Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. For some of you, like me, you might want to cling on to that verse, but I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. What verses is God catching your attention with? Why don't we stand together? And as we sing this next song, your grace is enough. Let's just be open to God filtering what we've heard or reminding us of something, a verse that we need to hear again. Whilst we sing, we put ourselves in a place of invitation, allowing God's spirit to come. So let's sing together and then we'll pray again in a moment.